This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, State Farm knows you personalize your entire day. And that's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-patrollable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Real Forno Show. We have a lot of questions today about this inside linebacker group, and we are here to talk about it. We're also going to touch on some other Vikings news, including Jordan Addison, and they made a lot of roster moves. We'll clear that up here at the beginning of The Real Forno Show. The Real Forno Show, hosted by Tyler Fornis, the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire. Writer for the College Football Network. Publisher of Substack Run In Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Boom! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Real Forno Show. I am your host, Tyler Fornis. With me, as always, in the top right corner... The Whiskey Baron himself, producer Dave. Dave, what's in the glass tonight? Tequila, baby. El Petrino tequila. Uh, a Respato. Say hello to Eclair. She's going to be in my hello, lap tonight. Eclair. Because Odie is being a turkey butt and not letting her that just relax. So she's going to be sitting on my lap. So life is good. 
Um, let's talk about some Vikings news. Um, earlier today, they made multiple roster moves, starting with early this morning. They signed a tight end named Colin Thompson. Spent the last three years with the Panthers organization. Also spent time in the XFL and AAF. He's, he's a depth tight end who can also play long snapper. And I think that's more of a depth move. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up being a practice squad guy because having long snapper depth is awesome. Odie, you can't, you can't get her just lie down. Um, and they need tight end depth because they only have five in camp and they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel. You don't want to play Hawkinson much at all. You're going to give Oliver a little bit of run because he's new to the team. And outside of that, you like, you need depth. Odie, you're fine. Jeez. <laughs> well, um, I, I like the idea. I do. I agree with you. I do believe that he is a prime. Once the season gets going, a prime practice mm-hmm. squad candidate, because you can keep so many veterans. Yep. Because he will fill two positions on that practice squad. One for tight end and one for long snapper. Because God forbid you lose your long snapper. That can cause disaster in a season, believe it or not, when it comes to oh, punting yeah. and field goals. Uh, the point of having a backup long snapper is a lot less about a game-to-game basis. It's a within-the-game basis because if DePaula goes down, for lack of a better term, you're screwed if you don't have a backup plan. Jared Allen was that backup plan for a long time. He had long snapped at Idaho and just being being able to have somebody who can at least do that. Long snappers are an unheralded position. You never hear about them unless they screw up or mm-hmm. your guy is an all pro. And that's what Andrew DePaulo was this past year. He was an all pro and that ended up being a massive benefit for this Minnesota Vikings team. And he was, he was great. Now, if he gets hurt, that's when you have to worry. But long snappers rarely get hurt because, well, they're long snappers. They don't do a whole lot. <laughs> but like, they play how many punts and then how many extra point field goals a game. Yep, so they the get. Nice part is they can't get attacked. They have to go opposite them. They can't. Right. Um, you can't go over the center. That's illegal now. You can stand over the center. <clears throat> you can't touch them. Right. That's why, like, um, jumping over the offensive line became such a popular thing, like Cam Chancellor uh, trying to block field goals because they stay down and you can't touch them. So if you touch them, it's a it's a penalty. And that's a that's a big thing. Yeah, so one, their heads down there in a not a defensible position that can cause injury. That's one of the reasons why they did that. But a long snapper probably plays roughly 15, 10 to 15 snaps a game. Yeah, it, uh, it all depends on how many times you bring out those special units. How many but times there you go three and out, three and out, three and out? Yeah. That's not going to happen this year. Uh, let's hope not. <laughs> uh, so, that you know, it's good to have. it, And it's good to have somebody during training camp to be able to kind of rotate in. Um, next move they made, they waived wide receiver Malik Knowles. Mm-hmm. I've been very high on Knowles. And if you listen to um, this program or me on uh, 
whatchamacallit, um, I can't remember because uh, my brain's just been fried today. It's been so busy. Um, Purple Daily on draft. I've been talking about Knowles as a guy I think can make the roster. Well, he got cut today and he got waived with an injury designation, which means he'll get some kind of settlement. Uh, he probably came into training camp and flunked a physical and they just said, you know what? We're good. Uh, really unfortunate for the young man. And that's that's kind of how I see it. I, I don't know a whole lot more than that. But if you report to training camp, then get waived with an injury designation right away. That's not a good sign. But it also means he's going to get a check because it's an injury settlement of some form. So good, good for him for getting the check. But I wish he was staying because I really thought he had potential to make the roster and be a really talented player long term. It is just one of those things. Uh, next up, you had two Minnesota Vikings be placed on lists. Chris Reed, the guard center, was placed on the non-football injury list. Now, it, it does not count towards the active roster. And the non-football injury list is just any injury you suffer that was not um, on the field or in the facility. So, like, uh, Naheem Hines was hit by a uh, guy on a jet ski. He was stationary. Somebody else hit him. He's going to have to have surgery and miss the entire year. That's a non-football injury. That also means that the team can also try and reclaim and not pay some of your salary because you did not get injured. You got injured outside of work, essentially. And uh, I don't oh, know if the Bills. We are all know a that. certain backup quarterback that kicked a storm door, glass door, cut his mm-hmm. foot. And Nate Stanley uh, ended up uh, yeah, br- bringing the Vikings arbitration for somewhere like one hundred eighty thousand dollars, and that's still tied up in salary cap right now. And to my knowledge, that hasn't had a resolution yet. So we'll kind of see how that ends up going. But. Yeah, it's a non-football injury. We don't know what it is. I have not heard. I have not seen anything on that. Look, it could be as simple as like he got he burned his hand uh, cooking, and he just needs like three days to be able to let that heal. Could be that simple. Could be an ankle sprain that he suffered during training outside, and he just needs a week. But that opens up a roster spot. Andre mm-hmm. Carter the second was placed on the physically unable to perform list, which says that that injury happened. At likely within in the building or doing football like activities. Uh, I don't know what that is either. Um, My brain wants to say it was an ankle or a knee, but I genuinely do not know for sure. And uh, he will, my guess is he'll be back sooner rather than later. If these guys are activated during training camp, they don't miss any time. If they're still on the list after the final cutdown day and rosters finalized, they have to miss X amount of games. I believe it's six for both lists. And that that can be a hindrance to development. Development. It can be a hindrance to them staying on the roster. X, Y, and Z. So those happen. And then they signed a guard. His name is Jack Snyder. He was a six-year player at San Jose State. Was a UDFA signing of the Los Angeles Rams last year. Got cut. And then he ended up playing for the XFL's Houston Roughnecks. Now the Roughnecks run ran like a run and shoot style offense. So he's going to be used to a lot of like inside zone kind of trap plays. And that will translate a little bit over to what the Vikings have. My guess is he won't be anything more than a depth guy. And he probably doesn't make the team, but with Reed going to be missing an X amount of time where we just don't know how long he'll be out. Having depth on the offensive line. is a really big deal right now. So that's kind of a rundown of all the roster moves. I would expect maybe one or two more 
once all the veterans report tomorrow, especially with like physically unable to perform list. But it is notable that Jordan Addison was not on there. He he sounds like he's going to be ready to go full force for training camp. And let's talk about Addison because he was caught doing 140 miles an hour on the stretch of 94 uh, by Dale Street in midway of St. Paul. If you know that strip, you don't want to be going like you don't even want to go 90 on that stretch. But he was caught going 140 in his Lamborghini. Urus. Odie, calm down, bud. And so, so this is a really tough one. Let's we're gonna have to have a nuanced conversation. Everybody can admit that it was an egregious mistake. You cannot be doing something like that. Odie, ready? Good boy. And you can't be speeding at 140 miles an hour. That's a really bad deal. But we can also admit that he's a young man learning how to be an adult. He needs to be given some grace. He's going to make mistakes. Luckily, there wasn't anybody hurt in this mistake. But we need to... There's a balance. There's a delicate balance between the two. And we need to understand that he needs to be given some grace and he needs to be helped through this and to understand why what he did was wrong. Now he did come out and say there, it was released that he told the cops that his dog was sick and he was racing either with the dog or racing back to take care of the dog. Whether that's true or not is irrelevant. That's what he ended up telling the cops. I'll tell you, if you're a pet owner and your dog is sick and you need to get back, you're doing whatever you can to get back. So if that's true, 40, Dave, I understand about that, but the the general construct is you're doing whatever you can to get back. Now, that's where it comes into play that somebody needs to help him out that and and help him learn that there's a level. You can't do 140 in a Lamborghini on the freeway. I don't care if it's three in the morning. And there are people relating it to the Henry Ruggs incident. Yes and no. Ruggs was massively intoxicated and Jordan Addison wasn't. So there's levels to it. Just remember, he's a young kid. He made a mistake. Give him some grace, but also understand that he needs to learn that this behavior cannot be tolerated. Like There's a delicate balance there, Dave. Now, I did hear today that some of the veterans have taken him aside and uh, given him some advice. Let's put it that way. And I think that's probably a good thing. The leaders in the, in the organization pulling the young man aside and telling him what's what and how he made a mistake and how he needs to learn from it and deal with it. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing learning. He's going to learn. And oh, yeah, one way or the other, like I remember when I was a kid, I, I used to go almost a hundred miles an hour down my dirt road. Now it was my road. I knew the terrain, like the back of my hand doesn't make it. Okay but it's a much more calculated risk than just going hunter down some random road. You've never been on before. We've all made mistakes like that. And I think giving him some grace and understanding that he made one of those mistakes. Let's make sure that he understands and doesn't make another one. There's you can have a level of grace and forgiveness here while also understanding that you need to be firm and be like, you can't do this, man. You could have killed somebody very easily. And we should all be blessed that nobody got hurt considering what was happening. There are levels. 
And I think we're at a position where we can move on. And hopefully Addison has learned from this and the veteran leadership on the team has helped with that. I agree. Yeah, that that's simple. Uh, Odie has stopped borking and we are ready to rock and roll with this inside linebacker group, Dave. When we take a look at this inside linebacker group, as I see a lot of, lot of people in the chat, we've got Rhonda, Mary, Grandizer, Aaron, Raymond. Welcome, everybody. I see Mario Worthless Opinion jumping in. We are having fun today. And this group is interesting. Let's start here, Dave. What do you think of this group? I think we have Jordan Hicks, which is an adequate, if you want to call it that, linebacker. Very good against the run. We have Brian Asamoah, who will start next to him, who has tons of potential. And we like the little bits we saw last year. And then there's basically a whole bunch of question marks behind that. And Asamoah is going to, Hicks and Asamoah working together is going to be a question mark. Now, what I think is Brian Flores is going to make the best of the bunch and use them to their strengths. Like I said, uh, Hicks is good against the run. He's not good against the pass. So expect somebody else in when it's passing situations. Expect a safety to come down and replace, possibly. Expect Ivan Pace Jr. to come in and possibly try to get some pressures up the middle that way. But it's a huge question mark for the whole group. I mean, Hicks, like I said, good in run support. Not good in pass coverage. Asamoah, young, signs of brilliance last year. But we'll see. And you muted yourself. I think that's the thing, Dave. It, this is a we'll see group. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep muting myself just in case the dogs decide to go crazy. Um, it's a we'll see group. Let's start with Jordan Hicks. Hicks is an interesting guy because they signed him to a two-year, $10 million deal last year. Mm-hmm. Hicks is not worth that money. And they restructured it to where he's only got a $3.5 million base salary, $5 million cap. So he took a $1.5 million pay cut in return. And now this is key in return. The Vikings fully guaranteed that 3.5 million. So he um, is willing to take less of a downside, but that downside is fully guaranteed. So it's a, I'm trying to think of the right phrasing here. It's, he's understanding that he's probably not going to make more money elsewhere and he's helping them out. And in return, the Vikings can't cut him to save like $4 million in cap space there. They cut him. They lose all their, they, they, they get no benefit from him um, because the contract guaranteed. So he's going to make three and a half million dollars in cash this year. That's why he ends up taking the pay cut. And there's merit to that. Uh, Chris Reed did the same thing where he took a pay cut, but they guaranteed him $800,000. That was $800,000. Chris Reed wasn't guaranteed before. So like your total amount might be less, but you're no matter what you're coming away with X. And I think that's important for a lot of these guys, especially the older veterans who could be on their last contract. So Hicks is a player who's been in the league. I believe nine years, maybe it's 10. 
and he comes from Texas. Good player, not great, but mm-hmm. I think the defense he played in last year and what he was asked to do wasn't great for his skill set. I think what he's going to be asked to do in this defense is going to fit him well. He's going to thump the run. He's going to plug gaps. He's get, he's just going to um, smash his body in there in the running game and be able to do a lot of that. Asamoah is going to be asked to be more of the space guy, run around, shoot a gap in a blitz. And Hicks is going to be asked to ma- uh, mainly maintain the line of scrimmage. I think that's perfect for what Hicks is right now. And you're not going to see him much on nickel. Cause I think you're going to see, you may see a lot more dime this year than nickel because you'll bring in a guy like Josh Metellus or Lewis seen to be like a, a, a Rover, a safety linebacker hybrid, which honestly is what Asamoah is because Asamoah was a safety initially when he got to Oklahoma and then became a linebacker. So I, I there's merit there. And I think Flores, we've been talking a lot about Brian Flores. He's going to maximize these guys. He's going to put them in positions to succeed. I think that's really important. Putting people in positions to succeed is honestly more important than talent. You need talent. You want talent. But if your coach doesn't know how to use the talent at a certain point, you're not going to come close to maximizing your potential. And that's where you can have a better coach team. Who's not as good. And you can argue that the giants in the playoffs, better coach team. They're not as good. They beat the Vikings. And I I think sometimes that's important. Coaching matters. But if you have an elite level talent, like did Randy Moss need elite level coaching to be great? Hell no. But let me tell you, elite level coaching helped maximize his greatness. Jerry Rice, same thing. Bill Walsh did not make Jerry Rice great. But you know what he did? He helped him get real great fast. (laughs) Well, and it was Savion Mixon on Vikings Wire that reported that Brian Flores is considered the second best defensive caller, something like that, in the league. Mm Mm-hmm. All the way back when they look from 2016 on, who are the best? And he's considered second best. And then the the guy that wrote it and did the research, I want to say his name's Michael Patton, something Patton, did a group of how much money is spent on the defense if you got a whole bunch of money and stars, how well they do versus you're skimping out going cheap, how well they do. And the difference between... The coaches on the low end and the high end, right? If you if you've got a lot of studs that you're just paying money and they're pro bowlers and you're you know all your investments on the defensive side, you're going to have yep. a good defense generally. Well, mm-hmm. it's these coaches that can take the guys that like we have, where we've got a bunch of rookies and a bunch of question marks in certain spots. And make utilize those guys to get the most out of them. And Flores yep. was ranked second at doing that. So that's going to be the key this year because they've got to do that. We don't have a set defense at all three levels. Remember early in the or in the middle of the Zim range when our defense was number one, they could say we got superstars in the back end, the middle end, and the front. We don't have that right now. So Flores is going to have to make, through schemes, Rhonda talked about this before the show started, through schemes, 
overcome that. And I believe we he has the possibility to do that. He can mix, mix and match, and that's what's going to happen. Hicks, great against the run. So, obvious rundowns, Hicks will be in. Not so good against the pass. Well, that's where you might see, like you said, Metellus or Scene or whomever come down into the box and play that hybrid role. So, it's going to be good. Yep. And let's talk about Brian Osamoa coming in, second year guy. And I, I released an article just a little while ago, um, about two, maybe three hours ago, talking about seven players who need to have a strong training camp. And Osamoa was on that list. Very talented. Great speed. Ability off the charts. His big thing, Dave. He needs to just tighten it up. He needs to play. He plays a little out of his mind. And I I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. He's just, he's wild. And he needs to just kind of control himself a little bit. I think with more time and more reps, as the game slows down and he gets more comfortable, you'll see him getting more under control. You'll it'll still be as wild that that missile that shoots you know from the linebacker position, but I think mm-hmm. it's going to be more controlled and more targeted. Yeah, and that you saw some of that in the first New York Giants game where he uh goes up and gets Daniel Bellinger after he catches a crossing pattern and just strips the ball from him and takes it 20 yards. Like those are the kind of things that we want from Asamoa. Be a disruptor. Be that type of player, and he has it in him. But you also have to understand that he's not great in pass coverage yet. He understands how to shoot a gap. Uh, He understands how to be explosive and just follow the ball and just take the ball. He can run sideline to sideline. What he can't do is some of the nuance basics. That's going to be his biggest challenge right now is the little things. Take care of the little things, and if he can do that, that's going to speak volumes about where his growth is going to be. It's not going to be in the speed. It's not going to be in the instincts. It's going to be, can he play within himself better in pass coverage? Can he do X, Y, and Z and just be play within himself? That's, that's going to be how we measure Asamoah's success. It's not the big plays. It's preventing the bad ones. Can he make a tackle in the gap to prevent it, to get it to be a five yard game instead of that thing going for 20. Those little things are going to make a big difference. I think he can do it. I don't know. He can do it. I want to see him do it. And the Vikings are betting hard on him this year because after him, it's a bunch of Jags, like (laughs) just another guy. It's, it's a bunch of question marks, Dave. That's going to be a problem if he's not very good. But we'll but we saw flashes it, last year. We did, but it's not about flashes. It's about consistency. It's never been about right. flashes. But if you have flashes, that means you have potential to be refined into somebody that's real good. Potential. Sometimes it just never works out. But hopefully with one of the best defensive coaches in the league, they realize that potential, mold that piece of clay into an absolute stud. That's what we hope for. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm really intrigued to kind of see how he ends up ends up figuring things out because if he figures things out, it's going to make this defense a lot better. And with how explosive and aggressive Brian Flores likes to be, that's going to be really important for this team. And it that's how we're going to see a lot of growth. And this linebacker unit after him is not very good. We're going to start with Troy Reader. Comes over from the Los Angeles Chargers, but he spent time with Los Angeles Rams with Kevin O'Connell. Excuse me, with Kevin O'Connell. And he's just an average linebacker. He's going to be a little better in the running game than he is in the passing game. He's a fringe starter at best, and he's on a one-year vet minimum deal. Now, he could end up starting right away, and he could start over Asamoa as we rotate him in. As Ronda asked if he didn't play that much last year, and he played more as the season went on, which is what you want to see from a rookie. You want to see him and earning he, more time later. And he played all those special teams. So, Yeah, he, he suited up for every game. But the longer the season went on, the more he played, especially with you know Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks struggling a lot at times. And that spark plug really made a difference, and especially in that first Giants game. That all works together. So, Reader is a guy who could end up being a starter. That doesn't mean he's going to play the most snaps, but early base downs, then you get Asamoah in as like your game wrecker on third downs and like second and longs, I think could end up being the play. We'll see. There's a lot of ifs with this linebacker group, and Reader is one of them because he's just a guy. There's nothing really special about him. I agree. Yep. Uh, and let's move on to Troy Die. The idea of Troy Die was always great, Dave. He was always great. But here's the thing. He never was. The only thing Troy Die excels at is special teams. Mm-hmm. And you yeah, need that. Teams need that. Yep. They absolutely need that. And Die has played a lot of special teams, but he was supposed to be like that next Anthony Barr type player. Right. But so he never. He, he nah, he hasn't developed. He can't tackle. He's not strong. He's like 6'4", 225. Dave, that's a problem. You're a 225-pound linebacker. He can't shed a block to save his life. That's tough. I like I can't trust that guy. Um it's uh it's gonna be interesting to kind of see how, how things end up working out with him. I don't think he'll make the team because as we're gonna talk about um Norcephus talks about Ivan Pace. We're gonna talk about him here in a second. Grandizer twelve asks if we can have a game that we don't need to take blood pressure meds. Yeah, I think we'll have a couple <laughs> really good. Look, we could talk about it not being sustainable to win 11 one-score games. Look, we're not going to have that many one-score games this next year. We're just not. And No, the I, offense should score more than 30 points. Yeah. Score Continuity on the offensive line is going to be a big thing, too. And I'm, I'm really intrigued to kind of see how that plays out. Let's talk about Ivan Pace Jr. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Undrafted free agent, and there's three undrafted free agents on, on this group, but he's the best one. Comes from Cincinnati. Um, Wilson Huber, who's also an undrafted free agent from Cincinnati, we'll talk about in a little bit. Pace weighs in at 230 pounds and is 5'11". Very odd linebacker because he's an inside linebacker whose specialty, Dave, is the pass rush. He is a pass rusher. That's very weird for a middle linebacker to specialize as a pass rusher. But in this defense, where you're going to get specific people to play roles, that's going to be huge because Pace is going to be that blitzer. Third down, and you need a middle linebacker to blitz, especially with those zero blitz packages that they utilize. Guess who's going to be that? Pace. He's going to be able to out-leverage players because he's so small, and he can bend around the edge. He's fast. He's quick. And when you got him going in a straight line, he's hard to stop. That's going to be really fun for Brian Flores to deploy, especially at like a a 6'6 tackle and a 6'4 guard. You got a little 5'10 Ivan Pace. They're not going to be able to get low enough to leverage, so he's going to be able to slide under those blocks and... Boom. That, that's going to make a big difference with this team. I'm very intrigued to see how that plays out. It's going to be a very interesting one. I think he makes the team. I thought he should have been a third, fourth, or fifth round pick. I put a fourth round grade on him because I just have too many questions about him moving laterally and especially in pass coverage. But Brian Flores is going to find a way to get people in positions to succeed, and he's okay with using situational players in situations. That's Ivan Pace. That's what he's going to be. He's going to be a situational guy who comes in to do to play a role. And he's going to play that role really well. I hope so. That's, I've heard all the hype. I've seen some of the, you know, the clips, the highlights of him last year. I sure hope so. And I hope, as Zoe talks about, he's small. Hope he's quick. He's built, if he's 225 and 5'11", he's built stout. So hopefully that helps. Let's see. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, that's why I can't wait. Hey, when's the first kickoff with our first preseason game? Here, August 10th. So we're not that far away. Yeah, we really aren't that far away. But let's talk about uh, Pace's teammate, Wilson Huber. Talented guy, more of a traditional inside linebacker where he's going to be a thumper. And yeah, I think he can play coverage a little better than Ivan Pace, but it's going to be tough for him and Abraham Boplan, who's the other guy. He comes from Marshall. It's going to be tough for those guys to make the roster. They're going to have to make a really big impact. Um, I'm going to try and get on the show the host of Locked On Seahawks, my former boss at Sports Illustrated's All Seahawks, Corbin Smith, to join the show before the Seahawks preseason game. Fun fact, Dave, hmm. Corbin coached Wilson Huber in high school. So uh, interesting. if we end up having that conversation and have him on the show, that's going to be fun to talk about. He's going to be able to provide some really interesting insight. And I think that would be really fun to hear because it's good to hear stories about every player and mm-hmm. have those conversations. But these guys, like I, I don't see them having enough high-end talent to make the roster. Now, if a reader bombs out and these guys just perform really, really well, I think you can have multiple UDFAs make it here. 
especially with the multiple safety packages that they're uh, presumably planning to install. But it's going to be an interesting one because this linebacker group after Ivan Pace is, I don't think it's really worth mentioning a whole lot because I don't think they're going to be doing much as we get Gary joining the show late. Hey, you joined. That's what matters. Welcome, sir. Welcome. Um, We don't have a joint practice with the Seahawks. We have them at home with the Cardinals and the Titans in back-to-back weeks. So that's important to note. And with that being said, that's that's kind of all we have today. This inside linebacker group has, has a lot of question marks after the top guys. It has question marks on, one, if they're going to make the team at all, or two, are they going to be, like, how effective will they be? Because there's a realistic chance, Dave, that all of our in- inside linebackers stink. And that's something we have. No, I'm not trying to be a negative person, but Jordan Hicks is on the downside of his career. He's past 30. He's already showing the signs of aging. Osimo is a complete unknown. Reader isn't is average at his absolute peak. Like this group could be the biggest Achilles heel of this Vikings team this year. Well, that's where Brian Flores needs to get creative. Yeah. And he's got to, to, to make it because it's it's one of those positions we're going to have to invest in in the future. Hopefully, Brian Flores works out, and then we find another one to work out. And, you know, set that. Hopefully, Daniil Hunter signs a long-term contract, and we're good to go there. And that the interior defensive line, like we've talked about, they step up and prove their worth, and they're good for the next few years. But, yes... The the linebacking core is one of the weak spots. Now, is it one of the most important spots on the defense when it comes to, you know, wins beyond replacement? No, it is not. It's the least important. But you want good linebackers no matter what. The game has changed over the years, right? Running backs used to be king and big middle linebackers that could stop them. That's changed. They've gone away from running backs, and the linebackers are getting small and have to be able to do pass coverage. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how Brian Flores works it this year. It could be our Achilles heel this year. Let's hope not. Yes, let's hope not. It's, as Raymond Post, a lot of unknowns. A lot of unknowns. That is it. That is the show. Vikings Veterans Report tomorrow. I got yes, one Dave. thing I'm, I want to ask you. Okay. Tell the folks about the writers over at FFSN since you have done most of the recruiting of these fine young people. Yes. Yeah, so, fun fact uh, Vikings First and Skull is going to have a group of young writers who were just like me a couple years ago trying to make their mark in the industry and trying to grow. And they will be writing a lot about the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Think uh, like these are all guys that I interviewed for the Vikings wire job. And I thought highly enough of all of them to hit them up and see if they were interested in joining us and continue to grow their career. And a lot of talent, a lot of passion, a lot of people who, who really want to make a name for themselves and, figure out a path in the industry. And we're going to give that to them and give them an opportunity to make something of themselves. And 
that it's going to be fun. It, there's going to be a lot more content. There's going to be a lot more good writing and it's going to be, it's, look, it's going to be a lot of fun and it's, it's fun. I, I'm really excited to help give these guys a platform and for this site and podcast to just continue to grow exponentially. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's part of Fans First Sports Network. You can find the website at fans. All right, FFSN dot app. Hit, click on NFL, click down Minnesota Vikings, and you'll be able to see all their writing. And you'll also find the podcast there. If you don't get them on your aggregator and you like listening via the web, you'll find the podcasts like tomorrow morning when I post up this show. You'll find it there, or my daily Vikings opener where I talk about the news, which I gather most of from Tyler's Vikings Wire, and mm-hmm. of course over at Christopher Gates, Daily Norseman. And we talk about what everybody else is talking about. So it's fun. But we hope to grow and we hope to get that portion of FFSN's, the website, the writing side, where the Vikings dominate. Because unfortunately, on the podcast side, the Steelers dominate. I want to make it so on the writing side, the Vikings dominate. And then we'll catch up on the podcast side. Yep. So this is going to be a fun one. I'm really excited for these guys. Um, Eclair and Odie say bye to you as well, Mary. And we're going to be back Wednesday night. Talk about cornerbacks that's gonna be a longer episode we're gonna have a lot to talk about with the cornerbacks i appreciate everybody in the comments being uh, so active and engaging we greatly appreciate you joining us here tonight and if you're uh, watching here for the first time please hit that like and subscribe button and help us grow the show we have only been around with this channel since march and we're nearing that 800 subscriber mark we want to hit a thousand before the season starts and we think we can get there because we provide unbiased, unabashed, quality Vikings content where we're just going to give you our opinions. And you know what? If we're right, we're right. If we're wrong, we're wrong. But we're going to tell you what we think and what we feel. And we're okay adjusting our opinion based on new data, unlike a lot of people. So welcome. Hope you stay a while. And subscribe to our podcast feed as well. We have a lot of really good stuff. Dave does the Vikings Daily Opener, where, as he said... He runs down the news of the day every single weekday. And Justin did, hops over, gives his spiel at least once a week, hopefully twice a week. Right, Justin? Yep. Justin, I'm guessing, is in the comments as well. I know I saw him earlier. That this, is, this is a fun ride, and we're excited to be on it with you and continue to grow, develop, and be your place for the best Minnesota Vikings content. Dave, with that being said, what is the one thing we say before we head out every time? Skull Vikings! Skull Vikings, baby. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone!
This has been a Vikings First and Skull production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.